you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am very excited for today's guest, Mr. Cash Flow. Chris, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Brandon? Thanks so much for having me on, man. I'm excited about this interview. Yeah, man. I appreciate you for uh, you know taking time out of your day. I know that's our most valuable asset, so I do appreciate you giving that up to be able to give some tremendous value and all your gold nuggets to the listeners out here. Um, so you are one of the the partners of Arizona, so AZ Flip Guys, and you guys have a show every Friday um, noon, and what is that, Pacific Standard Time? Usually, Arizona, see that's the thing, it's Arizona time. You guys all change, we never change. Okay. So sometimes we're Mountain Standard, yeah, sometimes we're Mountain Standard, sometimes we're Pacific. Okay. Uh, in the summertime like this, we're the same as you guys. Okay. But regardless, you can, everybody can find the show on, on Facebook, uh, AZ Flip Guys, and just stay tuned, maybe around 11-ish, maybe 12-ish, you'll find it. That's cool. right. Hey, we're consistent. Noon every Friday, as long as we're here. Uh, next week, so we got one coming up this Friday. Actually, I guess you're not going to be, they're not going to be seeing hearing this until then. So the week that this airs, we're actually going to be heading out to Haiti. And so hopefully, we probably won't hit our noon because I think we're going to be on the plane, but we're going to do a Facebook uh, or a Flippin' Fridays from live from Haiti. I love sure. it. Yeah. You guys are doing some uh, just giving back and philanthropy over there, just making a difference. Right. Yeah. It's a group of uh, entrepreneurs who are going out on a mission. Uh, we are bringing supplies and uh, our help, our you know, our muscle to an orphanage out there in Haiti. I love BP, it, man. Uh, my business partner did it last year and absolutely changed his world. So I, I, I had to get in on that one. I love it. Do you, do you know about, are you going to Thrive? I know you, you went to Secret Knock a few months ago, but we plan on going out to Thrive this year. No, not all, even sure what Thrive is. Yeah, I got to tell you more about it, but it's uh, all about make money matter. And pretty much you're doing exactly that by going and giving back so kudos to you brother um okay cool so for all the listeners out there that don't know exactly um you want to do me a favor and just give a give a rundown of you know who exactly you are where you come from and and what you're working on today all right who is cash flow chris so it all stems from back in in 2003 you know, I was in my early 20s and I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had a brief stint in Portland, Oregon. I uh, loved that, but I got in a pretty bad car accident. So I had to come home. I needed my mom to take care of me. I was, I was pretty messed up. Um, but that car accident, that really inspired me. You know, I mean, my friend died in that car accident. I should have died. Um, the doctors didn't really expect me to live. They told my mom as much. So that was pretty scary. But, you know, ever since then, I was kind of just like, man, what am I doing with my life? You know, I was having fun and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I knew that I wanted a wife and kids, 
You know, I knew that I wanted to do more with my life. I didn't, I had no idea about real estate. I knew nothing about it. So when I moved back, I was kind of just searching for, for something. And uh, my mom actually went to a Kiyosaki event in San Francisco. And she went, she loved it. And then she did what most people do after a seminar. She put all the info on the shelf, right? <laughs> and she left it there. So I grabbed it and I devoured it. And I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure you're familiar with that one. Yeah, and then more importantly. Crazy. Sorry, what was that? Yeah, man, it changed my life. It definitely got my gears going to, to start thinking in a different light. Yeah, I mean, it was something I, I didn't even know the concept of it. And then uh, the other thing that really uh, was a big impact was uh, cash flow quadrant because I didn't know, I, I knew, but I didn't know that there was something other than just being an employee because that's what was brained in, what was uh, drilled into my brain all those years, you know, get a good job. You know, I was, my thing was how do I get a $12 an hour job instead of a $10 an hour job? Yeah. You know, and that's, but it was frustrating because it was, I knew it was a road to nowhere, but so, okay. So that changed my life. So pretty much right after that, I quit my job, which I hated. And I went and got my real estate license. Uh, my mom also had a real estate license. So I went and worked with her. I started out with Keller Williams and I did that for a while. That was in 04. So, you know, got to see the madness that was Phoenix, Arizona in a boom. Got to see even crazier stuff in the bust. And then that's kind of when my investing career took off after the bust of 08. Um, I worked for an asset management company as a realtor. I listed REOs. I'm sure you're familiar with bank owned properties, right? Yep. So they had, they were a little bit different, you know, you know, they wanted to get um, assets from these banks to sell, to make money. So what they did is they offered that they would pay to um, kind of carpet paint. We never did anything too major, but carpet paint. And then a, what a big issue we had out here was uh, stolen AC units. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. All the new build communities, everything built between like 2000 and, and the, and the bust, um, ACs were put on the ground. And so it was very, as soon as, you know, all these homes were vacant, people just, they would just rip them off as soon as they knew about it. Yeah, until, so, until they all got stolen yeah. and then everybody started building them and putting them on the roofs, right? <laughs> uh, no, they still put them on the ground. They really haven't learned. Uh, yeah. What they started doing is caging them. We started caging. Uh, metal cages around them. Okay. Just to clarify as well for any of the new listeners, um, like just getting started. So REO, so what we were just talking about a second ago, REO is uh, bank-owned properties. Basically, after a property goes to foreclosure, if it doesn't sell at the auction, then the bank will actually take back the property, possession of the property, and then they have to do something with it. They have to get it off their books. So they typically, they'll do the carpet and paint, you know, the bare minimum to make it, uh, you know, put lipstick on a pig type of approach and, uh, and make it look clean again, presentable, and then uh, relist it with an agent. Exactly. It was a big difference, uh, you know, because it, now everything was kind of cheap back then. But if you if if you really looked at it, you could have two houses right next to each other, exactly the same. Uh, if this one is carpet paint and moving ready, it doesn't even have to be nice. Just carpet paint moving ready now because these weren't old houses anyways. They were only a couple yeah. years old. 
it would sell for a hundred, right? And it would cost, let's just say, twelve thousand dollars to put into that to get it for a hundred. Yeah. Well, because yeah. this one didn't have an AC unit, it wouldn't sell for twelve thousand less. And it needed carpet paint and an AC. It wouldn't sell for twelve thousand less. They would sell for forty thousand less. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's where we as investors are always coming in and, and finding opportunities. So we were making a lot of a lot extra money for these banks it was it was it was a good strategy while it lasted okay awesome so how long did you do that for you said your first what 50 properties you were you were doing that yeah we i did about 50 listings with that where we went in did a carpet paint uh remodel and then eventually that plus all my other uh reo accounts kind of faded away at that point, I was ready to go. I had already started buying single families because the prices got ridiculous. I mean, I bought houses for $24,000, $22,000. I bought uh, condos for $14,000, $16,000. And this uh, is all located in Ohio? Uh, mainly west or south Phoenix. So it was the lower end of town. Okay. Uh, but still, I mean, $20,000. So I... I let my house go to foreclosure during that same time. Okay. I owed like 300. It ended up going to foreclosure for like 100. So we had no problem letting that go. Yeah. So because of that, you know, I couldn't get any loans, but I still wanted to go invest. So that's when uh, private money became a big part of my life, right? So the very first one that I did was a house over on 13th Avenue and Southern in Phoenix. And I bought it for 24.5. It was a short sale which a short sale happened. There was a lot of them, not many, not too many now, but that's when a bank would accept less than is owed. So like in this situation, I believe that people owed probably, I don't know, a hundred thousand and, but houses around it were worth 20 to 30,000. And so they accepted my offer of $24,500. It was 24,561 is what it ended up coming out to. I remember. Yeah. And uh, so I borrowed money at 15%. Yeah. I had uh, I had an investor who wanted a 12% return on his stuff. So I said, hey, fund me 100% and I'll pay you 15%. So my payment, I think, was, and this house was in perfect condition. There was nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I, it wasn't like trashed or anything. The people were living there. So my it, payment was it, like three got, something. Go ahead. It, it got to that point because the inventory was just so much. There's so many, um, you know, short sales and, and other uh, notice of default pre foreclosures. Yeah, the Phoenix area was hit probably as hard as any area in the United States. What I year mean, was a lot this? of what's that? What year was this? Oh eight oh nine. Yeah. Okay. Um, for example, I bought a house I still own on Fourth down, also in South Phoenix. So the guy who we who was foreclosed on, he bought it like twenty months earlier for 177,000. I swear this guy bought on the day of the peak, <laughs> right? I bought that at foreclosure auction for $22,500. Yeah. So that's a 83% crash yeah. in like two years. I mean, it was insane. It was catastrophic. So we're back. So, so just to clarify, it's like if anybody has that limited mindset belief that so basically you just went through a foreclosure on your own personal property. So your yeah. credit is shot and you really don't have much money to work with. And now you can't get a, a 
traditional type of loan, but you can still get a private money loan. And even though it was a high rate, the deal still made sense because you recognize the opportunity. It was at some you know high number uh, in the past, just 20 months ago, 175,000. Now it's at 22,000. I mean, right. that's, out, that's outrageous. So you recognize the opportunity and you, you asked for with the lender, you negotiated with the lender, the private money lender, instead of 12%, um, to give 80% or whatever it may be to, to actually, um, fund the full 100% for 15% return. Right. And so, I mean, that's fully no money out of your, your hands as well as just obviously making that, that transaction work when you just went through foreclosure. That's awesome. That sir is what you call an infinite return, which I believe is the goal of most of your BRRRs, right? Yeah, that's right. It's all about having that cash on cash return very high. <laughs> right. And so, I mean, that right there is right out of the playbook of what I learned by listening to Rich Dad Poor Dad. Literally, I had it on my iPod. I had it on replay. I've listened to that book at least a hundred times. Yeah. It's you buy an asset, you get your money back and you keep the asset. Now, luckily I was able to buy without any of my own money. And so it was an infinite return. And I ended up selling that house for like 90,000 a couple of years that. later, helped start funding my, uh, my fix and flips. Good for you, brother. I mean, I love that. That is such a solid story. And anybody going through those rough times, like God forbid if they just ran into the same situation when the market crashes, you're stuck with some expensive asset, let it, it ends up going to foreclosure. And um, just cause it's not even worth paying it at that, at that time. Right. Now that, that's awesome. And you're still making the opportunity work when, when you see it there. That's great. Yeah. You know what, from the, everybody was affected in the bus. Okay. I was, like I said, I was already in the business before this happened. So I already had my database of people. The people who got totally screwed are the people who stopped investing. Right. You might have taken a hit. You might have had a short sale or five or 10 or whatever. Maybe you had some foreclosures. But if you, but the, the prices went down here and now they're back up here. So if you stopped, that means you, you got absolutely crushed. Yeah. You quit and you didn't get any of the upside. So now where the hell are you? Yeah. Game oh, is too early. That, don't let, you can't let something like that you know, crush your spirit. That was a, hopefully a once in a lifetime experience for us. I mean, everything had to go wrong for that catastrophic of a loss. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, the market, it always goes up and down. So anticipate another correction, obviously. And it has been the, the longest like bull market right now, the longest uh, cycle. So it will happen again. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it takes failures to be able to to learn from your mistakes and also get back up and, and start succeeding again. So I'm glad that, you know, you took advantage of that. So moving forward after, after you actually sold that, that property uh, a few years later for 90,000, made some cash flow on that, a big chunk. Um, you know, what, what kind of deals were you jumping into after that? So mainly from there, I've just been a fix and flip company, you okay. know, 20 to 30 properties a year, pretty consistent, turning them out. Uh, just working on the process, trying to get better. Um, but I have to go back to what you just said because that ninety thousand wasn't cash flow. Yeah, that was uh, now that wasn't as bad as flip money. That was long term capital gains. But 
flip money is some of the most is some of the highest taxed money out there. So my you know so my goal is to you know make bigger profits, do better deals, but also learn how to get into the buy and hold game. That's something that I really needed to start doing because yeah, I mean like I said it's highly taxed uh, and you always have to come up with another deal. You know, they're nice checks, they're big checks, don't get me wrong. I love the fix and flip game. Of course. But I want that consistent money because I found a big passion of mine is traveling. I love traveling with my family. Uh, kids are amazing because uh, I tell my kids all the time, oh, God, I'm going to show you guys the world, right? I'm so excited. I'm going to show you the rest of the world. Well, one day, my, my youngest, David, he's like, Dad, when are you going to show us the world? <laughs> right? It's like, I'm going to get right on that, you know? So, so. For my 40th earlier this year, we went to Costa Rica, and then uh, last month we went to Hawaii. Uh, next month I'm going to Haiti, and in the fourth quarter I want to take my family somewhere else too. Because what else are we doing this for? You know, I don't spend money on anything else. I don't need an extravagant lifestyle. I want experiences. That's right. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I think it's very important. I always tell people that are just getting started or interested in real estate, you know, so many people, they tell me they're, they want to jump into a fix and flip, but, um, there's so many different strategies out there and it really comes down to what resonates with you and your goals, as well as like your plans moving forward and what's realistic within your current lifestyle. Um, because at the end of the day, fix and flip, it's definitely a job. It's, oh, yeah. it's going to be a one-time paycheck. Um, there's a lot of things that can come up and, and turn into problems. I, I definitely, I, I started off in the, the rental atmosphere and, um, it's been great for me for the passive income, but it's still, I'm doing the whole birth strategy. So it's still going through the full remodel so I can get, you know, a, a bigger chunk there. Um, so there, there's a, there's a bunch of different strategies and it's, it's important to look at all of them instead of. Like right when I first got started, I'm, I'm sure you might have been similar, but when you see all these successful people like mastering it in their niche, it's very, it's very distracting. It's like, oh, let me try this way. Let me try this way. This guy's doing it perfect. He says it's easy, you know? Right. It is hard. It's, it's easy to get distracted, especially for a guy like me, because I like having several irons in the fire. Of course. Um, so one of the things that I've struggled with that I'm getting better with now and something that's really uh, transforming my business is just bringing on other people. Um, so I am in several things. So first of all, I'm in sales. So the very first thing I did is I stopped uh, working with buyers a long time ago, probably you know six years ago. Yeah. That was the lowest ROI and it took as much of a lot of my time. So I just got rid of them. But secondly, I stopped listing my own properties and I brought on an agent to work with me. Okay. And so I gave that away, you know, and it was hard because that's consistent money that I always had coming in, but, but it allowed me to do bigger stuff. Um, so now uh, I've brought on a couple other people to help me with my fix and flips. And so I, you know, I got a project manager and I brought on some GCs. And so we're kind of outsourcing so I can pull myself away from that. Um, we opened a, a construction division uh, for new builds. Uh, so I brought on someone else. He's, he's simply in charge of finding land, sourcing land, development, and 
and then get it and then working one-on-one -on -one with our contractors so okay. that's a cool one because i'm from the onset i'm starting from the outside you know what yeah. i mean that's awesome. i'm i'm putting everything together as far as the loans the money the gap funding everything like that but i'm kind of letting them run things and then uh of course you talk to my business partner brian and so now he's a big help on the apartment side so uh I got my toes in, in a lot of uh, in a lot of things, but I eventually, hopefully, they'll all be running on their own. Yep. And oh man, I'm out. Forty five, I'm out. I love it. I love it. I have a goal at fifty, but you're you're putting new pressure on me. I like it. <laughs> oh, you're young, man. You're gonna be out way before fifty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So I do want to talk about the multifamily because that's something that uh, just selfishly I'm very interested in, and that's my that's my goal in the next few years is start focusing on bigger multifamily, getting to a hundred unit um, apartment building. That's, yeah. the, that's the end goal for right now. But um, I, I want to talk about leads for a second. So basically you're, you're mainly focusing when you're, you're first getting started in this. Um, I know you're kind of transitioning out a little bit right now with uh, the fix and flip, but um, you know, how, how are you pretty much getting for the most part, were you getting your leads? Fix and flip? Yeah. All right, man, you're gonna hate my answer, just like you hated BP's answer most likely. But, Networking. Yeah. Seriously, I have not sent a mailer since, I don't know, 2014. Woo. Um, so it, was, it wasn't by design. So I did my, you know, I did what they teach until they started teaching everybody the same thing. Yeah. I did yellow letters, they used to work. My number one, uh, so there was a, we used a tax system for real estate agents. And again, I, I, I didn't talk about this earlier, but I'm, I'm going to plug it. I think people should have their real estate license personally, or someone on your team should. I think you need to be in the know uh, if you're going to get into the game. So it, a lot of people will get in with wholesaling. I would say get in with uh, real estate sales because First of all, you get paid well, but second of all, you're going to get to know your market. If you, Brandon, if you sent me uh, an address, I'm going to know ballpark. Just tell me the address, the zip code, and then the specs. And I'm going to know ballpark what that thing's worth. Of course. You no, know, because I've shown and looked at and wrote contracts on thousands and thousands and thousands of properties over the years. So it's really important to really know your market. So I think being a realtor is a great way to do that. So I feel, I feel like a little controversy there because I don't, I don't necessarily, uh, originally I was actually going to get my license, but then I realized I was doing it for the wrong reason. Like I don't want to be showing buyers because it does take up so much time. Right. And, um, and I said, get out of that as soon as possible. But I'm, I think it's easier to find a buyer and sell a house or get a listing than it is to find a wholesale deal. For sure, yeah. So, and, and do both at the same time. That's yeah. why I like being in the business. As soon as I, so when I'm, when I'm a realtor starting out, you know, you, realtors get like commission breath, right? They get desperate. They're just trying to sell, sell, sell. What they need to know is get in the business. As soon as I started, I'm the guy. Now I'm looking for properties. I've got deals available. Everything's running through me. 
everything kind of just flows, right? So yeah. you wanted to know, so yeah, I was doing the thing. I was doing yellow letters. I was doing uh, the tax thing that I was talking about. It was called a, de a decree of distribution of real estate. That's what it was called. I would pull that list. I would get so such a high response. Yeah. But this was back when real estate wasn't cool. This was like 2010, 2011. I was an idiot to be in real estate, right? Yeah. You know? That's what and everybody else thought. <laughs> then Sean Terry and all these other gurus started teaching that and everybody started doing it. And then, so out of state owner was a big one for me. Yep. And, uh, and then people who had uh, inherited. But it got to a point where they had a stack of 20 letters. And the only reason they called me was because of this or because of that. So I knew this was a total waste of time in my opinion. Yeah. So at that time, my business was really ramping up and wholesalers were just bringing me deals left and right. I got on with like three Homevestors guys. We buy ugly houses. Yeah. They have a ton of leads. So if you could find one of those guys who's really going to wholesale, especially if they're newer in the business, man, it's, you just feed them. You, you just feed off them. They just bring you several deals. So, so that, overall, basically the, your lead generation, even though it doesn't sound so sexy, um, or, or anything like creative or anything that, you know, maybe beginner listeners think that they need to do, um, overall is networking and it's not, it's not necessarily, it is about who you know, but more importantly, it's who knows you and what you're doing. So if, if they know that you are a man of your word, a woman of your word, and you are buying these deals, um, they're going to they're gonna take you very seriously and they're going to send you the deals first and foremost because they know you're going to close. So that's, that's solid. What you just said is huge. You know, they know you're going to close. So you need to respond quickly to them and then you need to do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, and that's the way to keep deals, keep coming your way because, you know, and I send a lot of them away just because they send me a deal doesn't mean I'm going to buy it. I'll tell them where I'm at and I don't expect them to lower their price. Um, I'm all about a wholesaler making his money. If of course, as long as the number works for me, I don't care how much. And that's another reason why a lot of wholesalers like me, they don't have to double close with me. Yeah. Um, to break that down for your listeners, uh, a wholesaler, a lot of times if they want to hide how much money they're making, they'll do what's called a double closing. So they'll close on the property and then they'll close again on your second leg. And so pretty much within like 10 minutes of just yeah. like filling one paperwork in one room, going to another room and filling out the same paperwork, switching names yeah. around. And it costs more money. And generally me, the buyer, the end buyer, I'm going to be paying for that more often than not. So, yeah. Uh, so I tell them up front, I don't care how much you make. I'm going to tell you what my number is. And if it's a deal, it's a deal. Yeah. And the only reason people do that is to hide how much they're making on it. Otherwise, if they didn't do the double closing, then it's going to be on that paperwork that they're going to be filling out. So that's where people unfortunately get jealous or pissed off with uh, how much, you know, when money comes into play, that's what happens, unfortunately. It's crazy. And it's not, it's common too. Like you said it, uh, people all the time will look, you're making what? Yeah. How much? Yeah. Come on. Don't like, don't count another man's money. That's none of your business. Yeah. You said you were okay with this price. Yeah. If you weren't okay with it and you said, 
if you were like, oh man, I really need to be 3000 less, blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, fine, I'll do it. And then he's making like 50 grand. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe got a little beef right there. Yeah. But, but, but if you're happy as a clam a couple minutes before that, and you're, you're getting this problem off your shoulders and you were ecstatic before, and now you find out some guy's making five or 10 grand, you get all pissed off and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about uh, multifamily. Let's do it. I love multifamily, and I'm glad that uh, that you're jumping into that atmosphere. And I, I know you've been in it for a little bit now, but I'm just curious, um, what kind of got you to that to that point, looking for multifamily? And um, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of giving me maybe a breakdown of one of the deals. Absolutely. So I told you before, I'm huge into cash flow, and so I listen to the Kiyosaki podcast. I listen, you know, I. I try to educate myself as much as possible. I'm always learning. Yeah. Um, you can never know enough. I'm reading several books and not only real estate related, you know, I'm trying to grow as a person as well. So they teach you, you know, there, there's two different strategies. Single family is awesome. I love the single family condo strategy. I teach that to a lot of people. Most people, if they just buy five houses, put them on, 15 year mortgages, buy one a year for five years, put them all on 15 years, and in 20 years, you'll be a millionaire and you can retire. Yeah. It's that easy. Yeah. But you have five roofs, you have five, well, you know, you have five of everything, right? Yeah. And so that's why we just decided, my business partner and I, we just decided let's just head into apartments and not only just apartments, bigger apartments. No need fourplexes, duplexes there. It's just, again, is not big enough. Um, so our strategy for outside Arizona is at least 20 units and we're not going to do it for chump change. If we're going to, well, let me, we're looking for 12 caps. We're looking for undermanaged, mismanaged, but still occupied properties. So you can, you know, force appreciation. Right. That's fixing it up. Right. Just like the, uh, the one that we just bought. Now at home, um, we'll go smaller. So I'll, that's the scenario I'll tell you about. So my first apartment, well, I guess the first apartment I kept, I've flipped apart, uh, some small apartments before, but the first one that I found, it was a couple years ago. Um, a wholesaler brought it to me. I had to make a decision in 15 <laughs> minutes for the most part. They blasted it out to all these people. Luckily, it was kind of where I live. And so I flew out there. They were offered it for, oh man, what was it? 275, I believe. 275 for eight units in Mesa, Arizona. Okay. Uh, two block units, uh, all studios or one bedrooms, right? Mm. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I went out there, checked it out. I walked it a little bit. You know, it's all, you always got to be a little incognito. You don't want them to know what's going on, but I walked it call them up. I'm in, I want it. And so then I had to figure it out from then. I originally wanted to keep it. I had a hard time raising money or finding financing for it. Um, cause now, now that I have my credit stuff fixed, now I have, I own millions of dollars in real estate. So I owe millions of dollars. So I can't, I still can't get loans. I don't I forget banks. I don't even care about banks. You know, yeah. they're just a pain because of all the hoops you got to jump. I, I prefer working with private individuals anyways. So I decided I f 
switch scenarios and say, okay, I'm just going to flip it. So I raised some secondary money, which is easy to do, put all the money into it, listed it for 425 and I sold it immediately. Uh, so that buyer ended up uh, backing out uh, like two weeks later. And so just as I was about to put it back on the market, I'm just like, I don't want to sell this thing. Yeah. Because by this time I had went in, fixed the units that needed to be fixed, got in a couple new tenants and it's such a chill little apartment. I'm like, I don't want to sell this thing. It's great cash flow, but I had a hard money loan on it. So it wasn't great cash flow if I could find a way. So that's where I decided I'm going to do my first private placement. I'm going to so, just ra raise the money. Now, as a business standpoint right there, do you think it, it made sense to, obviously, if you traded out the hard money and you tried getting some kind of traditional or, or private money funding that was more affordable, would it make sense? Or was, or do you believe you okay. were getting just like attached to the, to the, to the property? No, it's a great property. It uh, is. Okay. To put it into perspective, my an associate of mine just sold a four unit. Now, granted, it's a desirable four unit, and four fourplexes go for more than two four. You can get two more for two fourplexes than you can get for an eightplex. But that said, they just sold that for four hundred and forty thousand for Ooh. a fourplex. Okay. And I sold my eightplex to my new LLC for three eighty five. Okay. So for sure, it's like, it's a 12 cap. Yeah. A 10 to 12, depending on how we do this first year where we're raising up rents. But so that, that's when I jumped in. And uh, so I hired a lawyer and I got a private placement in place. And then I went to my friends and family. I knew I had enough people, friends and family to, uh, to raise that first 500,000. And uh, that's what I did. I love it. I love it. Cool. So, um, so moving forward after that, I mean, what, what, what else other, uh, goals or I guess next steps do you have? Um, I'm ready to get out of the game, man. I'm ready to, I'm serious. I'm dead really? serious. So my mentor, I have several mentors. One of my mentors, we were just kind of shooting the shit. And I'm like, hey, if you, because I was, uh, after I went to Hawaii, I'm, I'm obsessed with Google Maps. I'm always like, where can I go? What's this? And I'm big into scuba also. Um, and so now I want to go all over the South Pacific. I went to Hawaii, absolutely fell in love with the, the South Pacific. And so I'm looking at all these islands in this. And so I asked him, I'm like, where, uh, if you were going to travel the world, if you're going to go around the world, which route would you take? <laughs> And his thing was, well, uh, all depends on how many days of travel you can stand. You know, for him, he said, after six, seven days, I'm itching. I got to get back after the eighth day. I'm, I'm going to lose my mind if I'm not back home at work. And he asked me, I'm like, day 14 of my vacation to Hawaii, I did not want to leave. Yeah. So that's where I decided right there. It's like, this is what I need to do. Yeah. Just put the systems in place new builds fix and flips we i mean that can easily be a two to three million dollar profit uh you know before office expense business i don't need all that yeah. i'll just take a piece of it I'll, I'll bring on great people to help me there there's more than enough to pay everybody and make sure everybody's paid handsomely um and then cash flow apartments man that's that's what i'm focused on uh we want to have 100 units by the end of the year 
want to have a thousand units by the time I'm 45, which I'm 40 and a half. And so I can retire and travel the world. I love it, brother. I love it. So these are some awesome goals. I mean, this is something that I definitely resonate with because that's, that's some big goals. And, uh, and I think it's important to have big goals and that's exactly the atmosphere that I want to get into that, that huge multifamily. So very, very exciting, brother. It's going to take a lot of action though, man. That's why I love your book. I love the, uh, the idea of your book because so the information's out there for everybody. You know, I learned the real estate business with a, with a free public library card. Yeah. You know, like I told you, I was in that car accident, man. When I was there, I had nothing. I was, I was unemployed. The state of Oregon paid for my hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, hospital bills. I was in the hospital for two weeks and man, I, I had no drive. I had no purpose and that's no way to live. Yeah. You know, I think, I don't know. I mean, the find your why is a pretty cheesy and pretty overused expression, but you know, kind of just find out what the hell's important to you. Um, I think I des- I owe my friend, you know, I think I have to live for two now. You know, he, his, his journey ended. And so now it's up to me to go big. You know, I got to live the life of several people. Yeah. I definitely need to connect you with Cole Hatter because he's the one that I was talking about. He created thrive and uh, I had him on the podcast a few months ago, but he, he, uh, he had a very similar situation going to Vegas and ended up having uh, two of his friends in, in the car and, another situation within two months later, uh, a few of his friends died around him. So very crazy situation. And you're, you're actually taking their place and living for them. You know, um, the, the crazy, um, you know, outcome and crazy circumstance at the time. But, you know, I'm glad that you decided to, we all have options at the end of the day, you know, we all have options and I'm glad that you took the route to, to make a difference and, and turn your life into something, you know, positive like it is today. You're definitely making an impact. I love it. I'm doing my best. And then I want to help other people do that. You know, that's, that's where the cash flow Chris thing comes in. You know, I'm all about just educating people because I don't know about you, but most of my friends are, are going to work till they die. I think that's most of Americans are going to work till they die because the retirement system's messed up. You know, people don't know, what cash flow is. They don't know how to create passive income. They only know how to go to work and create that working income. And so if I could create a, you know, I want to create at least a thousand millionaires out there, you know, inspire them to just go buy those five houses. It's really simple. You know, you don't need $2 million. You just need about a hundred thousand and, uh, or one at a time, you know, find it. If you don't have the money, then get creative. That's right. Yeah, man. I, I see this happen so often. Like so many people come up to me, they acknowledge real estate is the key to, to getting that success or that financial freedom. And, and it breaks my heart that they have those limited beliefs thinking they need a ton of money or their credit is shot so they can't do anything. Um, or they don't want to become a landlord because they don't want to be unclogging toilets in the middle of the night. It's like all these crazy things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's nuts. You know, there's, a, there, well, of course we have an answer to all those, yeah. but those are just excuses they're giving themselves to not go take action. 
Yeah, it's easier to come up with an excuse and be okay with that and use that as the blame instead of blaming yourself. True, man. Very true. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so how can people reach you? Just look for Cashflow Chris. Uh, Chris spelled with a K, K-R-I-S. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Insta. Uh, I'm easy to find. I'm, as you said, I'm uh, one of the AZ Flip guys. Feel free to tune in. Yeah, we got, we're going to edit your video and get that out. Can't wait for that. Um, we're going to have a podcast soon. We're pretty consistent. Uh, this Friday will be episode 67 of the AZ Flip guys. So not a lot of people have that many episodes. I know you're getting up there. Are you in your 20s now? Yeah, I'm at uh, like 27 now, I believe. Nice. Stay consistent with that. So I'm like that. You know, for sure. Tune in because we don't sell anything. We don't pitch anything. We tell you we're two ordinary guys doing extraordinary things because we came from basically nothing and uh, we can go create whatever we want. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, man. I, it's, it's so true. Um, so I appreciate you greatly, greatly for taking the time out of the day to be able to plug in and, and give back to all the listeners because you do have tremendous value and I love where your heart's at to be able to give back. So Thank you so, so much. I do appreciate it. Um, I, on the other hand, I do have something to sell. But, do it. Do it. But for you guys, if you want to do me a favor, if you want to um, share this and get this out to as many people as possible because we do want to create some you know, passive income for people, reach out to, to Chris and, uh, and learn how you can get some passive income as well. And everybody that sends me on social media, any type of platform on social media, you can find me, Brandon Elliott Investments. Um, do me a favor, leave a review for uh, the podcast and uh, just spread the podcast out to people, let them know about it. Then I will send you out a free copy of my book, Action Driven. There's a lot of stories in here of my personal story that people can relate to or uh, just be able to understand you know where I come from as well as great content in here that you know I've always been known as the person that takes action on things and um, there is a lot of tremendous just step-by-step -step things that I do on a daily basis that that helps me um, be able to keep moving and, and taking action and building momentum so if you guys are impatient like myself and just have that personality to just go for it then I made a little cheat sheet at the at the back for you guys that you can just dive into that right away. <laughs> but yeah. um, thank you so much once again, Chris. You're the man. I do appreciate it. So uh, till next time, guys, you guys can always find me on any social media, like I said, or uh, check out BrandonElliottInvestments.com. And um, yeah, till next time, thank you guys all so much for joining. God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.